Hello, hello, fine listener, and welcome to Gamers Lounge episode 150. So, uh, in the trek through my shelves, uh, I was able to convince a couple of the guys to come over and try out a game that I, uh, you know, look, no spoiler here, absolutely love. Uh, it's a game called Spartacus. So, I was originally introduced to this game, um, let me back up a little bit. I was introduced to this game knowing it was out there. However, I was introduced to playing this game by a different playing group than who I did this review with. Uh, I have a gaming group of uh, um, gentlemen where I may actually be one of the youngest people in the group. Uh, however, it is a periodic, like quarterly gaming group. Uh, they meet less often than sort of my typical groups. However, uh, they all tend to play some pretty heavy games. And uh, I was introduced to a lot of those games that I wasn't as familiar with through this group. Uh, things like uh, Republic of Rome and uh, Here I Stand and In Her Majesty's Name and uh, you know, a number of, of sort of these heavier, the old Avalon Hill games and some GMT games and things like that. Um, this group loves games in general. And one of the games that periodically makes its way out uh, because it is of high number, you know, high player count, and has a fair amount of negotiation and intrigue and backstabbing involved is Spartacus. Uh, this would be uh, Spartacus by um, uh, Gale Force 9. And, you know, just an absolutely fantastic game overall. Absolutely fantastic game. So, uh, after playing it with that gaming group, I, of course, went out. I picked it up because I wanted to have a copy for myself. I uh, wanted to make sure that, you know... I could introduce this to other gaming groups out there. And, uh, you know, with that, and things have worked out pretty good. So what we're going to do, um, I hope you enjoy the opening. I had some suggestions about what we should do. And the result was, frankly, what you're about to hear. <laughs> that said, Benjamin uh, gave, it his, gave it his best shot. And uh, we're going to go ahead and jump in. So, episode 150, the review of the game, board game, Spartacus by Gale Force 9. Welcome, everybody, to episode 150 of Gamer's Lounge. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> welcome, <laughs> one and all. Okay, yeah, yeah, that was our gladiator opening. Uh -huh. <laughs> Very smooth and professional. What's smooth and professional? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure I would use either of those words. His voice was smooth. It was smooth. Right. buttery tones. It was oh, yeah. Right up to... Uh, uh, what? Who, are you <laughs> Who are these people? I mean, like, in this order, we have Spartacus. <laughs> we have... Who's this? <laughs> right. You know, had it been less amusing, we wouldn't stick with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that would be more 
<laughs> right. We don't do that. I don't do that. Yeah, um, wow. Yeah. Episode 150. <laughs> so we're back to game reviews. Uh, this episode will be shorter. And back to the length that listeners have been enjoying. Uh, but I do hope everybody enjoyed the last episode talking about Spring Fling because, you know. Billcom was great. We enjoyed mm-hmm. recording it. I'm actually okay with that. I just won't say it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll just not acknowledge you every time you say Spring Fling. I'll be like, what? what which, huh? You need help with that? I don't know. Oh, oh, that. So before today, in our in my quest to work my way through my shelf, and despite the soft, friendly, pansy approach of my friends who last time went, I don't think we want to work with a backstabbing game at the same time you're serving us donuts and coffee. Now, screw that. We're backstabbing each other, damn it. <laughs> Because he didn't do donuts. <laughs> I didn't. I did coffee cake, right? Co- oh, yeah. Coffee cake is right in line with backstabbing. <laughs> I got it. Well, the poison. man's ready to rumble. He's See, got coffee it cake. It might have been poisoned. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we pulled out a four-player version of Spartacus, Blood and Treachery today by Gale Force 9. So uh, what What do I, when I, when I meander... Over to the Geek, Board Game Geek. We're looking at a uh, 7.5 rating out of 10. Not horrible. Uh, not horrible at all. Uh, three to four player game, but we had the expansion in, which means technically it, we were a three to six player game, playing at four players. Um, this very much says best at four. I think we can come back to that. Uh, 120 to 180 minutes. I think we were spot on at yeah. four players. And mm-hmm. this is not a short game. Mm. What's the uh, What's the weight? So it says weight 2.7 out of 5, complexity, hmm. which means mid-weight. Mid um, I don't really disagree with that. I don't, I, I think that, I, I think that probably falls about right. It, for me, this is, I have this rated as an 8. I will almost always play this game, and I recommend it highly. Um... This is a game that I play also with another gaming group that I have that I meet with quarterly. And we that group tends to play long games, in-depth games, large number. So I don't... This is the first time I was making the comment after our game today. It's the first time I've ever played this with less than six people. So, uh, you know... Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy the game. You know, spoiler... Uh, I mean, I'm pulling stuff off my shelf. There's only so many games that are going to come off the shelf that I don't say that about. Uh, but that said, Josh, Benjamin, who are joining me today, would either one of you like to take a crack at explaining how Spartacus plays mechanically? Um, I guess I'll take a shot out of it. So the whole idea is just like the setting of the Spartacus, which is based off of, was it an HBO series? It's a HBO, no, Stars. Stars. It's a Stars TV. So it's a Stars series. So the whole idea is you are taking place in Rome, and you are um, these uh, heads of uh, important houses that um, fund gladiator teams and, you know, are vying for influence and uh, within the city of Rome. Um, the whole thing of it is the way that the game plays is that you are looking to build a certain amount of influence. Um, it's 12 in 12. the game. Yep. And once you get to that, if nobody can stop you by the end of that phase, you win the game. 
Um, so the game has a lot of interesting different components to it. There's kind of, you look at it, there's kind of two different major systems in the game. Uh, system number one is obviously the gladiator component, which is, you know, a big thing of, uh, the show and, uh, kind of the big thing that when you look at the box, you're like, it's a gladiator game. So the whole idea is that you fund gladiators to fight in the arenas. And of course, you know, winning the, uh, arena matches gives you, uh, fame and glory, um, aka, you know, influence and also money, um, is a thing that you can do. You can bet on the arena, not only the people who are involved in it, but also everybody else around the table of, oh, this guy's always going to beat this guy, so I'm, you know, going to bet this much. Um, I think the match is going to end in this way and things like that. So you get this whole interesting, um, sort of pit fighting feeling mechanic of, you know, everybody's like, hey, you know, kick his butt, (laughs) get him down. Oh, and then when, you know, things go, go the other way, you get a whole table of everybody hating you, which is also pretty fun, too. <laughs> yes. Um, and then no. the... <laughs> you have the weakest piece of crap gladiator. Oh, it's great. And then, then the other major side of things is the sort of intrigue side of things. Um, before the match actually happens, you'll have basically wheeling and dealing that's happening outside of the arena between houses, you know. Uh, the whole idea is that you'll be paying money um, to be able to um, get cards from a marketplace. Also, you'll be playing cards that mess with uh, other people's money and influence and uh, the um, sort of assets, the people that they have access to. Um, so you get this whole nice counterbalance of there is this combat um, sort of section of it that gets played on a board, which is the gladiator portion. Then you also get this sort of card game sort of. Oh, I'd say there's a little bit of bluffing sort of aspect to it, a little bit of sort of um, deal-making, wheeling and dealing sort of aspect to it. So you get these kind of two systems that interplay, I guess is the way to describe Spartacus. Did it feel like a gladiator game to you? No, I wouldn't say that. And I'd actually say there's three systems to the game. The one being the wheeling and dealing, and then there's the blind auctioning, which is... Yeah. Very separate. And then there's the, the gladiator combat. Wheeling and dealing being the intrigue phase? The intrigue phase. Okay. About so, messing with other people and, and, or or boosting yourself. Right. And then there's the bidding, which is the the resource building or deck building, except not building a deck. You're really buying assets or... or uh... And to go through for people, I, all of that's very accurate. So the first phase of the game is the intrigue. You have a hand of cards. There's this massive deck of intrigue cards. And those are really the screw your neighbor type cards for the most part. Mm-hmm. There's ways to kind of screw people over later in the game. But I think that's the most di- the most direct screw your neighbor, yep. uh, screw over your opponent place. And the components in that are your influence. You have to have enough influence to play the card. You can... Have somebody else lend their influence to you, which then just adds up, adds their influence to yours to be able to push things out. Um, Then there is the market phase, buying and selling. So not only do you get to buy and sell among you and all the players, but then there's a certain number of cards that come out. This is where you get your slaves. This is where you get your gladiators. This is where you get your equipment. And that's the three things that you can get. And then there is uh, buying the right to host the games. And then that's the next piece where kind of a, a level of screwing with your neighbor comes in, which is very much the the fight. So you're saying it didn't really feel like a gladiator game to you. 
Not a not a gladiatorial combat game. So it's not Arena Rex. Right. It, it's, like, it's, is that where you would compare it? Or, um, well, no. And part of it's just because you're not always fighting. Okay. Half the time, you're not fighting in the actual arena match. You're betting on them or whatever, but you're not actually involved in the fight. Yep. Or in this case, I only fought twice of the of the two round, of all the rounds. So three, it, I will say that I still felt like the 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 betting, which we can get into the betting in a little bit and go deeper into that. But I I still felt like the betting was part of making it a gladiator game. That still feels gladiatorial combat to sure. me. And a way to keep everybody involved, even when you only have two people fighting. I wasn't saying I didn't feel involved. I just didn't, it did not feel like a gladiatorial, it, because you weren't actively doing the gladiatorial combat most of the time, I didn't feel like it was a gladiatorial combat. Game. Okay. I definitely get, you definitely feel like a Dominus, definitely feel like someone who has, who has gladiators and sends them into combat sometimes and gets involved. Like, I, I totally right. got the world, I thought the setting, and I thought all that worked well. I actually liked the combat mechanics of the game a good bit. Yep. I actually like that a, uh, a lot with the, with the different now, abilities. Do you feel like it's, like, one of the comments I've heard is it's two games. There's the politics, is one game, and then there's the miniature combat, which is another game, and that there's a weird handoff between the two. I don't feel there's a weird handoff. I do feel, if I were to... Look at those two games. I think the the politics is the primary part of the game. Yeah, and that the miniature combat, which I think is is actually really well done, is an addendum. Huh. Okay. And, and Ben mm-hmm. mentioned earlier he thought that you know did you really even need the miniatures? Did it really need to be a miniature right. combat game? And I'm I think if there weren't miniatures, you wouldn't feel it at all. I, and I agree with that. So, so you did ask that question. Give us your thoughts before we jump in, because I don't agree with you either. So, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, so set yourself up to be attacked, and let's go. <laughs> okay. So, uh, I guess so I'm going to check. I'm going to tackle this in kind of like two different little little bits here. The first bit is the um, kind of explaining that. Um, so, with the game, is you have the the miniature combat, and for me, the the simplicity of the mechanics of the miniature combat and the way that it is kind of very, the way that it is approached is kind of very steamrolly, where it's kind of, for the most part, whoever gets the first hit really seems to win unless stats are really imbalanced between the two characters. Um, there's not much, there wasn't a huge strategic element of, for me, um, of okay, I'm going to be in this spot because this is going to happen and, like, oh, retreat to this specific thing because there's no terrain or anything. It's just a big open board. Um, so because of that, I feel that the mechanics... It, while the board is not... Uh, basically saying that because of the whole movement part isn't a huge aspect of the the combat, in my opinion... It didn't really feel like the board is necessary. Now, the the second part that I was going to tackle is now that I'm thinking about it is that the the board is not necessarily there because it adds something interesting mechanically. Now that I'm thinking about it, it is is more for the spectacle and the feel of things that um, is really the purpose of the board now that I'm thinking about it. Not necessarily because it adds something interesting mechanically, but more for of living the fantasy of what it is. So every gladiator has three stats. All right, they have an attack stat, they have a defense stat, they have a speed stat. 
You get different colored dice for each of those, and you're rolling those dice for attacking, defending, and initiative. Uh, initiative. <clears throat> you're taking damage against those dice, and you can't deplete one stat to zero before everything is at least depleted to one. Um, in our game, I agree with you. With Basically, there was very little tactics going on. However, I will draw attention to two things in the game that actually made that the case. Number one, I had a weapon that ties into the tactics of the game, being able to slow you down so that I can run in and then run out, lower your initiative and everything. And I flubbed every single roll with that weapon. Everyone I made today completely blew that weapon out. That weapon specifically, when it causes <clears throat> damage, has to be taken out of your opponent's speed first. Which gives you an advantage, which gives the person using it an advantage on both initiative, so that you can go last, go first, and on um, movement. movement, so I can stay out of your, away from you. Um, had any one of my hits with that actually gone off, even getting one hit with it, because it's only a one-use weapon in, in each combat, you would have seen something very different. The second thing is, the only other person in the game with a weapon, and it came down to a weapon, with an advantage in speed from the beginning of a match, right? Everybody was fairly equal. Everybody was within one point. Except for Convy and I, and the one time, I, I even called it out in the game. The one time Convy could have capitalized and completely maximized using his thing and being tactical, he effed it up. Mm -hmm. He had a three movement. Even when he was giving up movement, he had a three movement. He could have stepped, from where he was stuck in a corner, he could have stepped around three spaces, attacked, got an initiative, attacked and then walked away and been completely out of range. Mm -hmm. And he didn't do that. He stood there and then was shocked when he collapsed in that combat because his dice rolls went crappy. Mm -hmm. Right? And and that's and even I was like, what are you doing? Because I had bet on him. Um, what I have found, though, is unless you get a wild disparity, Gladiator against Slave... We had that fight. Uh, starter gladiator against one of the really powerful rent. If one of the really powerful gladiators comes up on a random draw early and you end up somebody with like a four movement against somebody with a two movement, yeah, it's gonna or speeds, it's gonna be it's gonna be devastating. Um the trick is people with the typically those same people are doing four attack against like two defense. So the fight is over very quickly. Um, I actually like the fact the fight's over very quickly, and it's not in-depth miniature tabletop combat. Because it is a part of the game, and the game's already a long game with the pieces that are there. So I can't even imagine if we doubled the time of the combats. The other thing that hasn't yet to be mentioned, and we didn't actually experience it, but I think it would play a huge role in the combat on the, the board, is the, is the Primus event. Yeah. Right? So when you've got four models and there's... So when you can gang up, you can have two people attacking one person to wipe right. them out quickly, things like that. That's when positioning will become much more tactical. But that's also when it'll engage 
everyone in the table at once. So it's okay for that fight to be longer. Right. Because right. everyone's involved. Right? Like, that's the kind of... They could not do the Primus kind of combat without a board and miniature, I think. Mm-hmm. And I do think the miniatures from the spectacle and from... There is a level of tactics. You can build it... You can build out a level of tactics. I, I think it becomes important. And now it starts... Like, there were there was a couple of mistakes made in the game that actually make that tactics kind of important. Because my character... I was taking my damage wrong. I wasn't taking my damage from my from my defense, which is actually what I should have been doing since I was wearing armor. Mm-hmm. I should have been letting my yeah. defense get lowered because that hurts. It's, it's a backwards way to thinking, but because of how armor works and it raises the target number of unopposed, every time I was putting in dice that I could roll low, that screwed me. Mm-hmm. So what I really were, what I really want to do is find a nice balance point, but technically I want to drop to one one defense dice left first. Yep. It's 50-50 on all the other dice. Right. No matter what number, like, it's 50-50. And actually, I because I did that same strategy, which is why I was irritated when Kami rolled above so four well. on yeah. every one. Of, I was like, I literally took my defense and I was like, okay, here's when my arms going to come in. And it was like, right. nope. <laughs> None of that matters. Take four. Was like, and again, the other side is the game is supposed to be built, and we even house ruled to make it further because I've seen when we haven't. I, I've seen games where the two people, and I've played this a fair amount with my other group, we had to house rule that after three rounds of no, nothing being inflicted, the whole table gets to thumbs up, thumbs down, both competitors, because we had games where both of them were like, we both put two speed, two speed gladiators in and just stay the F away from each other. Mm-hmm. And they're literally chasing each other around. And it's like, no, this this is going to take forever. Neither one of you is going to engage. You're literally going to stand there forever. So then we were like, no. Nope. So first we went with, you know, the host, thumbs up or thumbs down. And then we were like, no, nah, the whole table does. And everybody loses. You know, the two combatants lose influence because that was a piss poor fight. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody's here for blood. Bring on the blood. Right? <laughs> Bring on the fight. Um, the betting. Okay, so you can bet on who's going to win. That pays one for one. Max bet anywhere on the board is three gold into a bet. You cannot bet against yourself. Then you can bet on <laughs> does the fight end with one of the gladiators being injured. That pays two to one. And an injury is, so a yield is you reduce one of their three pools to zero. An injury is reduce two of their pools to zero. If you can somehow reduce all three of their pools to zero, that's a decapitation. Gladiator's dead. Whoop! Discarded. Out of the game. To be fair, we had more decapitations than injuries. We had that on injury a bunch. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It only paid out once. That was, yeah, shocking. But we had some nasty fights. True. We, and, you know, we sent some... Or slave in there, and we're like, cool, he's definitely going to get injured. Nope, decapitation. <laughs> he's going to lose something. Right? <laughs> like, we need you to roll one thing less than a four. And right. no. Four. And there's another aspect is you can actually send slaves instead of your gladiators in to go fight. So, um, and that gets kind of interesting because then there's also the fun of, once you see this game play out enough time, everyone else throw gladiators in, but then you get just people being stupid. Josh! I'll throw you in and invite you. Will you agree 
to throw a slave in. Slave fight! <laughs> I did agree to throw a slave in, and I and you, sent my slave in. Yes. And, and then, then I changed them. my mind. <laughs> Are you sure? And I'm like, Change it again. Uh-huh. So, so then I sent my less good gladiator in. So, but no, slave on slave is amusing sometimes when you get the better slaves that have a stat of two instead right. of one. Mm-hmm. So, um, would you play the game again? So I, I would play it again. Um, I would. So for the length of game and the way that the game played, um, at least with the expansion, I think that six would probably make the game too long at four that we were playing. I wanted uh, at least a little more players to keep the interaction a little bit more. So if I were to play again, uh, which I would, I would prefer to game at five personally with uh, just how how the mechanics I saw. Um, because uh, pretty much the more players you have, the more cards are being drawn. So more of the backstabbing, screw you sort of cards yep. get drawn. So you get more of that interaction. Um, I'd play it again. I, I don't necessarily know if I would... I probably wouldn't do it at six just because of how long it take, but I might do it at six. So let me throw this in. This is something I did I'll not. Do it at sh- six, I'd be drinking. Oh, I think this is a fantastic game. To I drink agree, with. and that's <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, here's one of the other interesting things. So there is a there's a panel across the top of, the, of your player board. Each of your player houses has special abilities, but then this panel goes one to twelve. Um, there's actually three ways you can play the game, or three ways to start the game. We played a standard game. Standard game starts, everybody starts at four influence, and 12 is always the winner. There's also what's called a quick game. You start at seven influence. Mm. Those games do go quicker because you can spend more, spend more of the intrigue cards. You can, there's a lot more you can do. There's also the advanced game where everybody starts at one mm. and builds up from there. I have never played it. Starting at one. Um, at six players, we actually typically play starting at seven. And it still takes a really solid amount of time because there is more intrigue going on. So does the value of slaves devalue? I mean, does the does, are slaves devalued in a game where you start at seven? No. No, because they still offset the gladiators. What you do is you end up being able to play more of the influence cards from the beginning. So that's typically quicker to build up money. Well, sure, but my point is, since you're going to have likely less rounds to get them to actually give you money, like, are you less likely to buy slaves off the market? I'd have to think that through. Not that I can remember, because I've seen slave strategies run where people ran with one or two gladiators but made a ton of money, Mm -hmm. and literally won primarily by either buying buying host right uh but more importantly buying doing the things that the slaves let you do right so some slaves will heal your gladiators and they use those abilities uh looking at what's coming up in the in the market and being able to bid specifically for that one thing you want uh buying out the one or two gladiators that are like over the top and then paying your way in, even if you're not the host, paying your way in um, being able. There was a bunch of cards out there uh, that were like one of the cards is pay every one of your opponents three gold. 
and then give yourself it's like two two influence or something like that. I mean, gotcha. there's a couple of things like that that if you have this big bank of money, there's a ton of things you can do. Um, you had the uh, the slaves that let you just block schemes and reroll your guard stuff. Uh, he had to reroll. I had wanted I had to discard a slave. Sadly, it was the only slave. Yeah, that I could discard to do it. Yeah, so I got uh, a good amount of mechanics on mine. I had one that let me uh, force rerolls um, on uh, guards, which are kind of like a defensive mechanic. I had one that let me peep at cards in people's hands. I also had um, one that was... You had a gladiator, which lets you refresh the slot. Oh, yeah, that's the other one I'm thinking of. And then the other ones that I saw get put into play, one that uh, Convy was using was it was just use the ability, get a gold. Right. Um, so they, they had, do have a wide swath of abilities that you can get. Yeah, the slaves... Uh, it's tough to say. I was about to say the slaves have a have a larger area of abilities they get covered, but really it's larger differences. Like the gladiators all have a ton. All the different gladiators have a ton of abilities, but it all boils down to: Do I kill you faster or do I live longer? Mm-hmm. And then convies. I always get to move as fast as I want. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I agree. Uh, you know, and the the interesting initially we didn't have much reason to exhaust our slaves, um, but we started getting more of those later. Right. So that was why, like building up, I was like, all right, I mean, I get the free gold, but otherwise it just kind of sits there. Uh, later we had more more once we got maybe not later we just got more of those cards later in the game. Yep. And then there's there is some cool little like I used it on you and you used it on yourself to swap the uh, swap the gladiator that's mm-hmm. in play. Yep. But those. I almost think the way we used it was the least advantageous. Um, had you had the only one, it would have been good to go through because you would have you swapped in a strong gladiator. Right. But, That's why um, I put a slave in. And then it's after everyone bets that you play the card. So right. literally everyone dumped money because I had a slave versus Kami's good guy. So everyone dumped money on a Kami winning. I dumped money on a me winning, but no one... Everybody's like, yeah. the plan, right? Like maybe Bill saw me and knew what the plan was, but then before the fight happened, I was like, "Cool, I'm going to take that slave out and put my good guy in." So it was, a, it was the goal was to ch- like cheap out a bunch of people and their money and get me the win still. And I've seen a couple like uh, there was a game where the person had the house that I played. So they had like six gladiators and they tapped a bunch of their, you know, exhausted a bunch of their gladiators. Uh, they, they had seven because they exhausted their gladiators, three of them, to get down to do an extra uh, an extra influence. They exhaust gladiators, the other three gladiators. So they only had one left. But that one was one of those head hunting, right. you know, always kills people. Then they, you know, to get money, then they bought themselves host. And it's like, ah, oh, crap. And they're like, okay, you, and it happened to be one of the other players, you throw your guy in. And he had uh, he had Spartacus with no equipment. And they're like, we're just going to take out Spartacus with this head hunting. You're always dead. Right. Um, and he goes, you know, you throw Spartacus in. He's like, okay, well, I'm not even going to throw Spartacus in. I'm going to do this other. He did sort of a lesser. And they're like, everybody's like, ah. Oh. All the betting goes out. The head hunter comes in. And then the guy that threw in his lesser gladiator was like, so all your gladiators are exhausted except that headhunter you threw in? Swap your gladiator. Now throw a slave in. Yep. It was like, uh, uh, oh, 
Oh, hey. Yep. Mm-hmm. I initially, because it says swap your gladiator, and I initially was thinking it was only gladiators, which is why I didn't play it earlier. Yeah. And then I was like, no, I think this actually applies to whoever I send in. Because there was at one point I looked over and I was like, well, they, the only other gladiator is right. that. So, right? Or, or, you know, it's like, oh, they don't have another gladiator, so I can't do it. Didn't, and didn't and I agree. I believe it also is whoever you send in. That's the way I've always seen it. Which is how I played it eventually, but that's for a while I didn't play that card because I was looking for a good opportunity to swap, swap some gladiators. gladiators. Yeah, like, and we didn't really have runaway gladiators until like even when the, when the nasty ones came out, we were already well into into the game. Yeah, uh, I mean, to be fair, I actually think the one that can't be had with the five defense is scary. <laughs> five defense is silly, oh, yeah. right? And he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna take his takes all his damage and speed first, but he still yeah. gets his three movement. So right. I was like. And the reach on that was like, it was a really nasty combo. Yeah. Um, not nasty enough to beat me, but nasty. And clearly not enough to beat the hostess with the mostest. <laughs> right? It's true. Benjamin, I, mean, I don't think she who, ever really fought, but yes. Benjamin, uh, who won the game. Mm-hmm. Darn tootin'. <laughs> so, yeah, the uh, one of the interesting things of the game that I I came into the game with this strategy, I didn't... I, I didn't know if it was going to be good or not, was I wanted to see how well you can play into the game without necessarily being the, I have the best gladiator by fighting. By being a pacifist. <laughs> by being a pacifist and swimming in gold. Right. <laughs> so one of the interesting mechanics of the game is that, yes, there is gladiator combat that happens, but somebody hosts the gladiatorial games that happen. And what will happen is that after everybody's done, you know, spending all their intrigue cards for the turn during that phase and then spending all their money to buy all the new cards that are on the market, there's one last final thing you can spend your money on, and that is to host the games. And um, the interesting part about the hosting the games is if you are deemed the host, you immediately get one influence, which is the victory condition of the game. And then you get to go and say, hey... Uh, Josh, I would really like if for you to send somebody into my games. And then Josh can say, sure, I'll send somebody. And uh, he will ante up one of his people. Or he can say, sorry, I don't want to. The great part about that is if he says, sorry, I don't want to. He loses influence. He loses influence. So ah. it's an incredibly powerful tool of even if you're not in combat, you immediately get guaranteed one influence. And then also you can <coughs> go... Uh, you know, you really want to handicap one person or another by going, I really want... I, what I mean is you get to screw over Bill a lot. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I have always seen... I have always seen situations like today where there's at least somebody at the table being invited to a fight who knows their disadvantage. They just refuse. Like, it's not worth it. I believe... I want to believe there's a strategy out there where the host just gets forced to throw their own people in and somehow it hamstrings them. Unfortunately, I've never seen it play out and I'm not sure how it would play out. Uh, and the problem is they're not <laughs> they, hamstrung. They, right. They still end up getting two influence out of it mm-hmm. and being able to throw money at one of the and, bats. And not actively killing one of their people unless they choose, unless they accidentally decapitate them. Right. Right. Like, you know, cool. Worse than getting an injury. Right. Uh, yeah, and, and part of the part of the screw your neighbor stuff in, in that aspect is choosing who to send in, right? Not choosing me, for instance, because I pretty much wasn't going to lose, mm-hmm. and choosing 
And who in the order you choose people is important because after you choose someone, they have to nominate. They have to tell everyone they have to do who it right they're, there and who they're, they're bringing in. Sending in. So then you can be like, oh, you sent in your good guy. Well, now like I can try to get him killed. Or, right. oops, not what I thought was going to happen. Let me find like some other fight that you know you won't will win without getting much. Well, and you always have the option to enter your own gladiators, which is also one of the things. Which that, is definitely the point because I, yeah. I think you choose you. Choose people, and as soon as they give you an advantageous option for number two, you jump. You, in. you throw yourself in to mm-hmm. get you that extra influence, and it becomes yep. a two influence play regularly if you're the if you're the host. But yeah. I, and I do think we all made a mistake by letting Benjamin. But uh, to be fair, I didn't realize it ended at that phase because I could have cycled out three cards and drawn three more right. cards to find one to reduce him. I just had a plan to spike up and then win the yep. tiebreaker. Yep, because I was going to force Primus, and I had. Twice as much money as well. <laughs> oh, I, if anything was related to combat, I was bone. <laughs> but I also I had thirty five gold, right? So, oh, yeah. there was no way I was not going to get uh, the host. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, but I didn't realize. I thought it was the full round. So that's where I was like, oh, I could have cycled two or three more cards to find one, but like losing influence. Yeah. Yep. Um, and we keep going. Yeah. Some, but. So that's the big thing is, you know, once you hit 12, it's the end of that phase. Um, kudos to you. You hit 12 as the first person going in the intrigue phase. Mm-hmm. The number of times I've seen the game won by the last person in the phase being like, oh, I play this card and I'm at 12. Did anybody want to? Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, hey. We just didn't have anything in our hand that could know it or reduce your influence. Um, How did you feel about the, this is very much labeled on the front as mature content, right? There is clearly language Mm -hmm. on the cards. There is clearly a fair amount of blood and gore in the art. There's really no nudity. No, No. there's no nudity, even on the skillful bed chick. Yeah. I mean, there's like cars that are like little provocative, provocative, but nothing that's, you know, the TNA as it will. I mean, maybe it's because I'm jaded, but I didn't even notice. He was just stuck staring at the shirtless gladiators. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had to figure out how to best kill you and you and everyone else who walked into the arena with my guy. <laughs> he was a champion, sir. A champion. Yeah, there there was no way I was going to go against that guy. Champion. (laughs) He was ridiculous. So, overall, I like the game, clearly. You guys say you'd play it again. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was decent. Yeah. Um, Does it compare to any other games for you? Like, is it it in a realm, or do you feel it's kind of out on its own? Huh. So maybe it's because we've been playing it recently. But in some ways, it's similar to Black Rose Wars because it's screw your because you're oh. there's miniatures, but you're also actively trying to screw with other people. Yeah, and in that way, it feels similar, right? Like the intrigue phase and how and what you're doing to other people feels kind of like the spells you play in Black Rose Wars. That makes sense. Okay, um, just from 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 that perspective, they're very they are very different games, very different mechanics. You know, one's bidding, one's got a deck yeah. order, but from a certain perspective, they definitely felt similar. Fair. Hmm. Um, an example doesn't pop off the top of my head, but I can definitely see where uh, Josh is coming from with uh, Black Rose War. Uh, maybe it's just because more of the way that I ended up playing it, it was much more of the 
less of the combaty side of things and much more on the political side of things. And um, Benjamin said, I had a rich daddy. And he says, I get to be host these games. And then he goes, and I still have a sugar daddy. And he still right. says, I get to host these games. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be clear. You're in my house. <laughs> right? I mean, he basically just bent over the railing. And sugar daddy was at it for 12 hours. Oh boy! Uh, but, uh, yeah, I can't necessarily think of an example off the top of my head at the moment, or or a rebuttal to that. Yeah, so. I got that. <laughs> Final thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think it's definitely a game worth playing if you get the chance. I agree, but I also bet that the game quality of the play varies, or how much you enjoy playing the game will vary heavily depending on the people you're playing with, right? Like the people who get more or less into these kind of social negotiation games. Yeah can have a large impact on how much fun they are. Uh, and certainly about some of the weirdnesses that happen in them. And as much as I poked fun at the beginning of the episode at some of our some of our gaming compatriots, I do agree. We have people in our gaming group who would not enjoy this game as much because of the potential screw-your-neighbor aspects of it. Mm-hmm. And just deal-making in general. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Thank you. Say bye. Bye. Well, that is the review of Spartacus. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I can uh, be found pretty much, you know, anytime. On iTunes, uh, the show will continue to come out every other week, and I think we're uh, doing pretty well, except for the one gap around the spring fling of sticking to that schedule. I hope you've been enjoying yourself. Uh, If you have been, you can actually help us get discovered, uh, help new listeners find the podcast by going on to iTunes and... um, basically leaving us a review. So, you know, the better review and, and by actually adding reviews on there, uh, that is the best, uh, really the best way that, uh, that people are able to find us. Uh, we haven't had any reviews since, you know, 2015. Uh, the bulk of the reviews were before that and, you know, really would help, um, help us help some other people, Uh, Find the podcast by going out there and kind of updating and adding some new reviews. Uh, I know not everybody uses iTunes directly. A lot of people are using this on their podcatchers. But, you know, take a minute or two and and go out. That would would help a lot. Uh, In addition, if you are listening on uh, anything else, please feel free to reach out and send an email. Uh, Let me know, and I will try to get the podcast added for easier download to those other services. I'm uh, working on trying to figure all that out. It's been a while, and, uh, you know, I'm kind of digging around with some of the new services that are out there. Anyways, if you want to get a hold of me, I can be reached at bill at gamerslounge.coder.net, and I do check that uh, regularly, so feel free to reach out. And, well, thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed listening.